<laughs> Are you guys ready for a cheerful, encouraging message? Yes. Not today, you're not. Because we're on number six. And number six is do not murder. <laughs> Woo, good day at church. Uh, but we are, and we read the New Living Translation. That's what, did you guys know that? I want to remind you, I want to remind you what, what version of the Bible that we say is our, the basis of our church. Um, you know, a lot of churches, this is the King James Version Church. Um, we are the NLT verse, the New Living Translation. And I want to say it's a great translation. Let me tell you. It's something that I've been reading, and it's easy to read, but it's more than easy to read. It's, it's, very, it's translated very well. The whole process of doing it is just great. And so this is the, this is the version that we read. But the, in Exodus 20, verse 13, here we, are, here we are in the sixth commandment, and it simply states, you must not murder. Pretty simple, right? And actually, the message version is a lot simpler than that. That's actually kind of straight to the point. Here's the message version. No Murder. Do you get the point? Right? Murder? No. Don't do it. Right? And so all of us can kind of agree to that and I can say, hey, no murder. Awesome. Cool. Right. Yep. Right on. I won't do it. And we're done. And I can pray and we're all encouraged. Great. Service. Pow. Worship team. Right? That's good and all. And we can follow that and we can... Put that and go, oh, I didn't do that or whatever it is, or I'm, I'm forgiven for that, right? Because Jesus' grace is for everyone, right? Jesus, Jesus' grace is for everyone? Thank you, all right? We can all agree to that, but there's the one thing that Jesus said in Matthew that I want to read to you guys. And if you guys remember the Sermon on the Mount, his most, one of his, actually the most famous sermon that he ever taught was the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, he says this, verse 21. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. Right. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in dangers of the fires of hell. And you're probably thinking, Tom, why did you have to read that scripture? <laughs> we were good. I was good, right? He turned something that only a few of us might be guilty of to now everyone in this room is guilty of, right? I mean, if you're angry at someone, you're subject to judgment. Here's, here's, if you called someone an idiot, you might have done that on the way over here. Right? Driving over here. I got to get to church, you idiot. You are subject to judgment. Right? If you curse someone, man, that's heavy, huh? If you actually curse someone, put a curse on someone, that's pretty heavy. You are sub subject to the, the fires of hell. Now, is everyone in this room a murderer? Well, I'll answer that question later. I actually want to get to the, the, the commandment itself because um, I want to clarify some things, right? The versions that we read says, do not murder. But how many guys learn the Ten Commandments the King James Version way, right? And what does the King James Version say? Thou shalt not kill. It says the word kill. And so when I, when I was a kid, and I hope you were like me, because I don't, I don't think I was a dumb kid, but I took it literally. 
I took do not kill, which means you can't kill anything. You can't, you can't kill, period, which means that's every, every living thing that plants, animals, right? And so I'm out there with my magnifying glass killing ants every time I kill an ant. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Sorry, God. Sorry, God. Right? I'm asking for forgiveness every single time because it says do not kill. Are you hearing me? Anybody was with me? I was a dumb kid then. Okay. I took it literally. So is it kill or is it murder? And if you actually do this, the research and if you actually look at the Hebrew, the Hebrew word in this commandment, do not kill, thou shalt not kill. The word is ratzka. Okay? It's a weird word to say, but that's what, what it is. Okay? And, and if you translate that word, it means the unjustified taking of human life. And when you put that definition to English, that's murder. The unjustified taking of human life. Do not do the unjustified killing of human life. And what does that really say? It says this, that I, I'm going to say this, not all killing is wrong. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Right? I mean, not all killing is wrong. Um, in the Old Testament, they killed animals. They killed animals because God commanded them to. Why? Well, for food, but also to sacrifice for our sins. Right? In the Old Testament, they killed lambs and goats and birds and all this. So for the atonement of our sin. It says that blood had to be shed for the forgiveness of sin. That's why we call Jesus the Lamb of God. His blood was shed for us. He was the ultimate sacrifice, the Lamb of God. But in the Old Testament, they commanded killing of animals for the sacrifice, right? Um, there was um, accidental killing. There's, self there's killing in self-defense. Um, there was killing in wartime. And wartime was justified. Come on. I mean, come on. You guys celebrate the story. You guys know the story of David and Goliath? I mean, come on. Who, who feels sorry for Goliath? Aww. Nobody, right? And what David didn't give uh, Goliath a stern talking to, Goliath, you better stop what you're doing. What did he do? He killed him with a stone. He cut off his head with his own sword and he paraded it around in the front of the Philistines. And guess what? We celebrate that. You guys are, you, you guys are liars. Come on. Every... Come on, right? We go, come on! In wartime, justify. You guys are going to kill us, and we're going to kill you. Old Testament, right? And, and, and for the guys, I think this is easy. He's like, ooh, yeah, we like that. And I was like thinking, oh, God, are the women going to get offended? On Friday night, a woman came to me. You know who I love? I love Yael. You know what Yael, Yael is? She was in the wartime. She was the one that killed that guy by, by putting a stake in his head. Anybody remember that? Yael, Jael, whatever his name. And you know what Israel did? Did Israel mourn? You know what they did? They wrote a song about it. They wrote a praise song about it. Go read it. Go read it in Judges, right? And so what I'm saying here is like, not all killing is wrong. You're probably, you're looking at me really weird right now. <laughs> not all killing is wrong. Actually, in, in Numbers, right, if there was an accidental killing, it's self-defense or whatever it was, God made a provision for the Israelites through, a, through something called the city of refuge. Anybody know this? The city of refuge? In Numbers 35, it says this, verse 9. The Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, designate cities of refuge to which people can flee if they have killed someone accidentally. 
These cities will be places of protection from a dead person's relatives who want to avenge the death. So the slayer must now be put to death before being tried by the community. So if there was an accidental death, the person could actually go to a city and be protected from the found from revenge. Like, oh no, oh, he's in the city of refuge. Because God, it wasn't Moses' idea. It says here, God told Moses to do this. Okay, so here we, we have this not all killing is wrong, right? It's, it's, there's justified, but then murder is the unjustified taking of human life. So back to Matthew 5, right? Made you guys feel all guilty. Thanks, Pastor Tom. Wow, right? Are we all murderers? Well, technically not, right? Technically not, right? We didn't commit the act itself. But what Jesus is saying is, you actually broke the law already anyway. If you're harboring hatred and anger and envy and jealousy in your heart, you've broken my ultimate law of love. You've broken my ultimate law of love. Actually, when Jesus was asked, what's the ultimate commandment, what did he say? Matthew 22, right here, verse 37. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Jesus was a genius. I love saying that. Jesus was a genius. He said, you know what? You guys are going all the way. Don't murder. Don't do this. All you got to do is love God and love your neighbor. And you're good. It's going to be really hard for you to murder someone if you love them. It was all, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Jesus was a genius, but he's saying you broke my, my ultimate law of love because here's your attitude. He knew people. He knew the hearts of man. He's saying, you know what? If you're angry and you're bitter and you're unforgiving towards someone, you're going to ruin their life. You're going to go, I'm going to go with that. My whole life, I'm just going to ruin their life. I'm going to talk gossip about them and talk, you know, make their name and just ruin their whole family or ruin your family with anger and bitterness and not talk to them or whatever it is. But you're going to go, you know what? The Ten Commandments is don't kill. And I didn't do that. I went all the way up to destroy someone's life, but didn't murder. Are you hearing me? And Jesus was saying, you know what? Your standard is way too low. My standard is love. It's way over here. You, you want to cl- get so close to the fire, but not, not sin. But Jesus is saying, you're already deep in sin. First um, John 3 actually puts it in a, more of a, a, a good light. Uh, where, where I can actually understand it, what Jesus is saying. He says, 1 John 3.15, he says, anyone who, this is a heavy verse, 1 John 3.15, anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Whoa. That's pretty heavy, right? We, we haven't committed the act, but what this verse is saying is, Here's a murderer, and here's you. You have the same heart as them. You have the same feelings as them. If you have anger and bitterness and hatred, unforgiveness, all that stuff, it's just stewing inside of you. You're holding on to it. And you don't like that person. I'm never going to like that person, whatever it is. And love is not there, and it's eating away at you. Well, it's the same heart that a murderer has. The only difference is, is they acted upon it. Right? And what he's saying is you're on the same par as a murderer. Are you guys feeling good at church right now this morning? <laughs> Ouch, thanks a lot, Tom. Man. 
holding on to anger and bitterness and unforgiveness, um, envy, it, it puts you on par with a, a heart of a murder. And let's be honest here, doesn't anger, anger just, just on the basic level of anger, you know, minus the Bible and everything, doesn't, doesn't the anger and envy and jealousy and all this stuff, doesn't it make us do dumb things? Uh, let's take a poll here. How many of you guys have done dumb things because of this stuff? The rest of you guys are liars. Okay. How many guys have ever made someone do a dumb thing because you made them angry or made them whatever it is? You, you made just like, oh, I made someone really, really angry this week. And if you're here, I am absolutely sorry. It was completely by accident. I actually, I pulled out on Takai Keeley and I just misjudged it a little bit. I just misjudged it. The guy was coming really, really fast. I didn't know. So I'm like, eh, I'm going to turn here. I did my stop and everything. And I look at my mirror and this guy's like, coming really, really fast. I'm like, oh no. Right? So I get out of his, I'm trying to get out of his way. Right? If this is you, I'm totally sorry. It's a totally accident. Okay. <laughs> I'm driving. I got my music blasting around. I got my worship on, whatever. I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Right, so I thought that guy was going to fly past me because he's going so fast. Nope. He slows down. And he's driving the same speed as me. I'm like, oh, okay. He wants to obey the speed limit. Okay, good. I look, he's still driving. I'm in the peripheral of my vision. I'm going, I think he's mad. <laughs> I think he's mad at me. So I, you know what I, I intended to do? Just keep driving, keep singing. I'm pretending like I don't, I don't see you. I don't see you, right? He drives a little bit in front of me. And all I see him, he's sticking his head out the window. No, 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 he's yelling stuff at me. He's, his arms are waving at me. And I'm just like, okay, I got to look. I got to look. Okay, so I'll go. He's yelling at me. He's like, he's really, 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 he's really upset. Really mad. I roll my window down, but it's no use because my, my music is blasting. So I still can't, I don't even know what he's saying. He's like, no, no, no. This is all I could do. I, this is the, literally, I just resorted to doing this, like. Sorry. That's all I could do. Like, I just really, like, sorry, I didn't mean to. And he just drove off whenever. People do dumb things when they're angry, aren't they? Right? I've done dumb things when I am angry. Does anybody remember when I had a cast on my hand? No. Or you guys are all new to church. Well, I, I had a, I was, I'm a pastor, and I had a cast. You know why I had a cast on my hand? I decided to punch a wooden door. I'm just going to confess. I, I, I literally saw a wooden door, decided to punch it. And why did I punch it? Because I got into a fight with my now wife, my girlfriend. We're yelling. We're just fighting. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Boom. I punched my solid wood door. Broke my hand. Broke my hand. And the most amazing thing is, that's a, that's a real good cure for anger. I was like, I wasn't angry anymore. I was like, boom, oh, good. I picked up the phone, I'm all, honey, I gotta drive myself to the hospital right now. I think I broke my hand. Talk to you later, Shh, love you, right? It's like, <laughs> I wasn't angry anymore because I broke my hand. I had to stand in front of the service. I, I had to preach that weekend too, by the way. Pastor Ralph had a kick out of that one. He's like, that's gonna be funny. Um, but I stood, I was, I did something really dumb. How many guys are in the same boat? We do something dumb. And really, in the, in the scripture, it states why. It states why we do dumb things. It says, anger gives a foothold to the devil. Anger gives a foothold to the devil. Please do not misread the scripture. I am not saying when you're angry, please don't get in the next fight. The devil made me do it. You know why? Because you're the one holding on to the anger. 
You're the one that's chosen to, to, to have that, in, uh, that hatred and anger. So don't blame the devil on it. What I'm saying is, is that now you're giving the devil an opportunity to get a hold of you, to get a hold of your thoughts, to get a hold of your mindset, to get hold of your actions, right? Because what he wants to do is lead you down a dumb path. He wants to make you do dumb stuff. He wants to lead you down a path going, okay, yep, make this dumb mistake. Yep, make this dumb, okay. All right, do that dumb action, say that dumb thing. And I'm going to lead you down a path because he wants to kill, steal, and destroy you. And ultimately, if you want to know the plan of him, he wants to make sure that you're destroyed. Well, let's, you know what? I'm going to lead down. You hate that person so much, I want you to destroy his life. And you, he wants to lead you to murder. I want to share, you probably know someone in the Bible, very famous, who's actually a murderer as well. Very respected man, person that I actually love, person that I look up to, that wrote a bunch of psalms. He said, uh, they said that he was a, a man after God's own heart. How, who am I talking about? King David. King David, the great King David, in the line of Jesus himself. A man after God's own heart was a murderer. Don't you love God's forgiveness? Don't you love God's grace? That we can still look at King David and go, dude, I can't wait to, I can't wait to meet him when I'm in heaven so that I can honor him, Right? But he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's definitely an example of God's grace. But he killed someone. And how did he kill someone? He wanted that person's wife. He wanted Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. Saw, he went up on, his, uh, on the rooftop before and saw her. He's like, ooh, man, I want, I want her. I want to take her. And he ended up killing uh, Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. Did he intend to do it when he came up on the roof? Was that his intent? I'm going to kill someone today. Nope. He went on the roof. There was covet, envy. He wanted that. He got it. He was king. He had all the power in the world. And it, it was a lie after covet, after jealousy, after whatever it is, cover up, cover up, cover up. And what did he end up doing? Killing Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. Did he want to do it? Nope. But that's where, that's where the devil, that's where enemy wants to lead us. You have to know that, right? You have to know that. And Jesus gives us some pretty practical advice, actually. I mean, I, I always say, Jesus is a genius. He gives us really, he doesn't just give us these, these lofty ideas of do not murder, but if you even think of, if you call someone an idiot, you, like, he gives us practical advice. And after he actually mentioned this in the Sermon on the Mount, he actually says this in Matthew 5, verse 23. Some really awesome practical advice. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has, some, has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. The, uh, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you are on the way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your, answer, uh, your accuser may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to the, uh, an officer and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. Now, what is Jesus saying here? If you just kind of, um, what's the bottom line? Deal with it. That's what Jesus is saying. Isn't that practical advice? If you're mad, if you hate someone, if there's unforgiveness, deal with it. And what he's not, he's not saying this. He's not saying deal with it as in, you know, just deal with it in yourself. You know what? Go deal with it. Go, go to that person. Go talk to that person. Ask for forgiveness. Talk it out. Have a fight if you need to. Start yelling and then actually love each other at the end. 
check your heart, Jesus is saying. Check your heart. I love, um, I mean, come on. You guys love communion. You take communion. No one loves communion here. Come on. <laughs> when we celebrate, we celebrate. I know you guys do. You ce- we celebrate Jesus' death on the cross for us. Right? We celebrate his resurrection. We celebrate his forgiveness by his blood. So we take the cracker and take the blood. But in the verses, it says, it says, before you even do that, make sure that you don't have a grudge against your brother. I love that because it doesn't say, make sure you don't hate or have anger or jealousy or envy against someone. It's just really, it says, if you have a grudge, if you're just irritated by that person, check your heart and go, be- and go, go, go work it out. Go deal with it. Right? Or just deal with it in your own heart. And so every time we take communion, guess what we get to do? We get to check our heart. We get to go down the inventory list of if we love people or if they love us or if we don't like them and they like us or they don't like us or whatever it is. And I actually did this the last time. I did this. I had to make sure. Last time we took communion, I, was, I remember sitting here. I was like, okay, got to go through the list, okay? Mm, Bob's good. Mildred's good. Ethel, yep, love Ethel. Um, there's, no, there's nobody in our church named that. Um, and then I hit somebody. I didn't hit somebody. I came to a, uh, a <laughs> boom. I came to a name. I thought, oh, 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 that guy. That guy. That guy said something and I was offended by it. Okay, got to check my heart. I stood there and Lord Jesus, I love that guy. Lord, I pray blessings over him. Ask for forgiveness right now. I didn't have the opportunity. He wasn't there. So I just checked my heart. Are you guys hearing me? Just checked my heart and I just released it to the Lord. Because seriously, if we hold on to it, what do we do? We let it grow. We fester. And this small little seed of anger and bitterness and unforgiveness turns into something that we can't handle anymore. And we think about it and we just, uh, 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 and the Lord said, deal with it. And the verse right before the, the, the foothold verse in Ephesians 4, what does it say? Don't let the sun go down on your anger. That is practical, incredible advice, isn't it? Right? The Bible's just giving us a good word. Deal with it. Deal with it quickly and, 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 and man up or woman up and deal with it. Don't let the sun, I mean, spouses, you should know this one, right? Come on, right? I mean, I've gone to bed angry. It's like, sorry, honey. You know, and maybe I don't feel like it, but at least I start the process, right? It's this, it's this process thing. We need to come. Guys, you guys good? Cool. But here's the thing. Here's how I look at this verse. I don't want to be someone who, who just doesn't murder someone, which means... There you go, I get to heaven, and all I did was have a checklist. Like, I didn't do that. I'm good. I'm, I'm good, God. I didn't do that one. I actually look at this verse and go, what is Jesus really saying to me? If I want to know what the real intent behind it is, right? If I, if I don't want to break the law of love, then you know what it's really saying? If, if, if God is saying don't murder, then the exact opposite of it is to give life. We should be committed to give life. Don't... Don't you want to be committed to give life? Right? I mean, I want to go to heaven and go, you gave life, Tom. People were better because of you. People love God because of you. 
You did something in their life. Not for me to take credit or whatever it is, or Jesus give me accolades or whatever it is, but I want to make a difference in this world, and I want to give life. I want to encourage people. You know, I don't want to be grumpy and irritated and complaining because I was there before. I want to be positive. I want to be encouraging. I want to be supportive. I want to be passionate. I want to be excited. And in that, I am giving people Jesus Christ. I can't stand this. Can I complain a little bit? Like I just talked about that. I'm, I'm, I'm totally hypocrite. Can I complain about that? I don't like complainers, especially on Facebook. I don't like people who complain on Facebook. Do you know what bugs me? Bugs me if they're Christians and they're complaining. I want to go on Facebook and complain about the complainers. I might tweet that one. I want to give life. And every opportunity that I am, I being, I want to give life. And you know what? I learned this really, really young, right? Actually, I want to read a scripture for you. Proverbs 18.21 says this. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. I don't have to make you raise your hand, but a lot of you guys know, you know you love to talk. You know you do. You love to talk. But here's the thing. What are you reaping? What are you reaping? Are you reaping death or are you reaping life? Right? Because actually, I learned the power of my words. You guys are listening to my sermon and you guys are all, oh yeah, awesome. You know, I, I've, I've learned that I, I have the gift of teaching whatever it is. You know, I learned the power of my words. I learned it because when I was young, I wasn't giving life. You know what I was giving? I was giving death to people. I was. Oh, let's just be honest here. I was, I had the short man syndrome. Anybody? I had the so short man syndrome, which means this. I can't beat anybody up. Right? I was a pretty good wrestler, so I'll go for the legs and I'll have to get into a fight. So, take you down, right? Get you, get you to my height. But um, it's beside the point. I couldn't beat anybody up. I'm small. I'm a little runt, right? So what did I do? I, had, I learned how to use my mouth. If someone called me small, I'm going to just cut you down first. I'm gonna, I learned how to, to build a wall up of, I'm going to look good while I'm going to make you look bad. I was really, really sarcastic, right? And um, I know my mom's here, but she gave an amen last sermon. I'm like, man, come on. Don't have to amen that. I wasn't that bad. I was, I was pretty bad. I, was, I just I had an attitude because I had to. It's like, mm, come on. You know, I had to fight, right? And, um, and I carried it on to when I got on fire for the Lord. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Guess what? I still had it. I still had that heart. I still had that heart of, of man, and the you know, uh, you know I, I, when me and Carl became friends, it was like, dude, it made it worse because like, oh, I'm friends with the pastor's son. I can get away with a lot of things here, and we, we did some damage. And I mean, I don't want to make uh, light of it, but man, I made girls cry. I mean, let, let's just be honest here. I made girls run away from me crying because why? Because I wanted to say something funny that my friends would laugh. While this person was destroyed, we're running away, like we're laughing. And I remember just a couple of times, I mean, more than once, seriously. I'm like, man, I did it again. And I remember uh, a couple of people that I respected, my youth leaders. Let's give a hand for the people that oversee our youth. They just had a youth conference. I don't know how many kids were here, but it was packed. I, 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 snuck, I snuck in here. I'm like, I'm going to sneak in. I watched our youth, our leaders. You know what? This church has a great future. Amen. This church has a great future, right? There's going to be people, they're going to take our jobs. 
And I can't wait till that happens. That's going to be awesome, right? I don't even know what my point was. What was my point? Oh, when I was in high school, I spoke death. And so my leaders called me on it. I remember one of my leaders said, hey, Tom, you're real sarcastic, aren't you? No. <laughs> I answered sarcastically back to him. And I realized I have a problem. I have a problem with, I was just sarcastic. I was just, it was negative. It was always kind of like, I just put people down, whatever it is. And then another one of my friends just, just, just straight out told me, why do, you, why do you put down people so much? Why, why don't you start encouraging? I watched him. I watched how he encouraged, he would, he would just live a life of encouraging, of giving life. And I noticed that he was happy and the people around him was happy. And I was like, I looked at me, I'm like, I was the only one happy. While everyone else was like, oh man, Tom, whatever it is. And you know what I decided to do at my young age in high school? I decided, you know what? I am not going to give death anymore. I'm not going to speak death anymore. I am going to speak life. And I, it, it was a process for me. You know, I, I still struggle with it. But now I'm good. <laughs> now I'm good. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. But I want to speak life. And don't you? And, and here's the one thing I want to encourage you about. Maybe you aren't the best speaker in the world and you're going, how do I give life? How do I speak life? I'm not, I don't know. I don't have any gifts. I don't know theology like you, Tom. I'm not an evangelist or whatever it is. Well, in your possession is the greatest thing in the world. It's called Jesus. His name is Jesus Christ. And that's all you need. If you want to give life to someone, that's what you have in your possession. The, the, the reality of the truth is, is that the, the people in this world we have the same problems as them. We have the same insecurities as them. We have the same fears as them. The one thing that we have is Jesus Christ that gives us life and peace and takes our anxieties away and takes our sins away. And that's the one thing that we get to offer people, that we get to give life instead of take life. I mean, how many guys are foodies? And you know, the term foodies now is like really kind of popular now. Anybody a foodie here? That, like, I, you guys are a little embarrassed by doing like, I'm a, I'm a foodie. Mm. You know, the foodies are the people like, they, they take pictures and they put it on Facebook. Go, gotta go here, you know. Like, you know, they put blogs up, right? I'm a, I'm a wannabe foodie because I just love to go eat and like, I love to go places that are like have good food. And come on, when you eat something really, really good, what do you do? Oh, you gotta try this. Right? Or you tweet about it like, this was so awesome, you got to go to this place, right? I mean, I was telling someone this morning how good, um, I, I totally, uh, what's that, macaroni grill? Anybody like macaroni grill? <laughs> it was like, no. <laughs> and I was, seriously, I was like that. Um, last night, um, my friend wanted to go to macaroni grill. And my wife, me and my wife were like, we don't like macaroni grill. And so I was trying to suggest other places, and my friend was like, I really love macaroni grill. <laughs> I'm like, I guess we're going to macaroni grill. I was like, and the awesome thing is we sat at macaroni grill, and I, we ordered stuff, and me and my wife were just like sitting there going, this is good. <laughs> I'm really, I'm re and we were ashamed of it. I'm really enjoying this. I'm, we're going to come back. Like, this is really, and now I'm telling you, right? But here's the thing. I'm talking about food. But isn't Jesus Christ good? Isn't Jesus Christ incredible? Isn't God amazing? Isn't he good all the time? Well, isn't he worth sharing then? Isn't he worth sharing? Isn't he worth giving away? Right? He absolutely is. Because um, I want to actually mention one thing 
Jesus Christ was murdered. He was murdered. He was murdered to give us life. And actually, I mean, we didn't have the hand in, in murdering him, but we played a part. Why? Because he, he went there willingly for our sin. For our sin. Someone came up to me after 7 o'clock, and I was like, she was in tears. And she's like, you have a minute? And uh, it was pretty heavy. She's like, you know, I, when I was young, I, I had an abortion. I mean, I, I, I did an abortion. And so she said, thank you. Thank you for giving me an out. And what, what she meant was just she, she realized the grace and forgiveness of God. She knew it, but she held that in her heart. And what, is that a, man, come on. Our Lord was murdered. Can I just say that? He was murdered. He was guilt-free. He was sin-free. There was no reason to kill him. And they killed him. And we killed him because of our sin. We put him on that cross. But he gave us life in it. And because of that, man, the least we can do is give that life away. The least we can do is not hold on to it and go, Jesus is mine. He is yours. Awesome. Well, you know what? There's a lost world that needs Jesus as well. And let me tell you how good Jesus is. Can I tell you how good Jesus is? Here's Jesus talking about himself, which I think is awesome. In John, there's a whole bunch of uh, verses in John saying this about himself. This is what he says. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world, the light that leads to life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. These are things that Jesus said about himself. And I think that's pretty awesome because there's a lot of things that you can go, oh yeah, you can compliment me and tell me, oh, you're a good speaker, Tom, you can do all this. But here's Jesus saying, I am the this. You know when you put the to something? It's a big deal, isn't it? Right? When you can go, oh, you the man. What are you saying? You're saying there's no one equal. There's no one in comparison, right? They used to call my brother The Rock. Remember? We used to call him, he still is The Rock. Look at him. He's massive. You know who's, he, you know who's the man? Right there. Tate, Fergie. He's actually our sound man. But I want to say he is the sound man, which means he is the man. Because seriously, there is no one else here that can do that job. He's the only one. There is no, none other. Maybe Lance. Lance is awesome too. <laughs> Lance is awesome too. But Tate is the man, isn't he? Doesn't he good, do a good job of sound for us? Right? And what, 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 is, what I'm saying is there is no other Tate here in this church. He's the, he's the one. And what Jesus is saying is, I am it. I am the only way. I am the only option. I am the best. Nothing can compare to me. I am the bread of life. I am the one that can nourish you. I can the one, I'm the one that can provide for you. I can provide your finances. I am going to provide for you emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I am the bread of life. Can I, can I localize it? I am the rice of life. Because no one eats a meal here in Hawaii without rice. Imagine if you go to L&L's and like, you know, salad and meat. No. You want two scoops. Like, 
right? I am the rice of life. I'm the bread of life. I am the light of the world uh, that leads to life. I am the only light, which means I'm the only path. There's like substitute lights here. There's little glimmers of light. They all lead to something else that is a substitute or a fake. I'm the one that leads to the ultimate truth. I am the light. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the resurrection. I think this is a big thing. I am the one that can raise the dead to life. No, none other. I can raise a dead marriage. I can raise dead finances. I can raise dead dreams. I am the resurrection. Do I have to prove to you how good God is? Do I have to prove to you how good Jesus is? Because here's, here's, here's the thing. When he says this, He's saying about himself, and well, that's a really arrogant thing. Well, you know why? Because he can back it up. He can back it up. He's the only one bold enough to back up these statements. And he's proven it. He's never, he's never gone back on a promise. He's never failed us. I mean, come on, right? He's proved this every single time, okay? And um, I want to share one last scripture with you guys. So what am I saying? Why am I saying this? I want to prove to you how good of a thing that you have in your possession to give away. You don't need to have eloquent words. You don't have to have, know all the theology. You don't have to have all the boldness in the world because you have Jesus Christ in your possession. And when you give that in little bits of however that looks like giving life, I think that's an incredible thing. Second Corinthians 5 verse 11 says this, because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to pers persuade others. And all, and uh, go down to 18. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him for God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak to Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And here's an incredible gift to what the scripture is saying, what Christ is for us, but really it's saying also what our, what our job is, what the task is. And it's the task of reconciliation. Now you're probably like, what does that mean, right? Reconcile, simply this. You're bringing two people together to restore a relationship. That's all that means, right? There's two people. How many of you guys have ever been the middleman between an argument before, right? It's like, okay, okay, yeah, you're shunned. He doesn't want to talk to you, whatever it is. Like, what about him though? He said this and whatever it is. Like, okay. And you know, and then you bring them together. You're like, okay, come to a meeting. Now, come on, just say sorry to each other. Just have it out. Like what Jesus said, deal with it. And at the end, right, I mean, I've had some pretty good success stories where they, they, I love you, man, and they hug and they pray for each other. But here's the thing. Who are we reconciling them to? Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ already did all the work through the cross. He already came and all he, all he is is waiting, waiting for people to come. And maybe you're even in here right this morning. Maybe this is your first time or you're, I'm going to try that God thing, that Jesus thing. And I want to tell you right now, I'm so glad you're here because you get to hear about the love of Jesus Christ, but he's waiting for you. 
And I'm hoping that you just, for some reason, whatever drew you up here is that we want to make sure that we introduce you to the Jesus Christ that we know. And here he is. Jesus, Bob. Bob, Jesus. That's all we do, isn't it? That's all we do. And how do we do that? I don't know in your life. All I know is there's a woman in a, our congregation that got super excited. Um, after my teaching, I, I taught, you know, you know, I taught about, you know, when someone asks you for prayer, pray for them right then and there. And it's just a practical thing so you don't, you know, forget about it. She went prayer crazy. She went that week and she started praying for everybody. She didn't even have to ask for it. You want prayer? Awesome. She went to her neighbor's house. You want prayer? Like all her neighbors are staring at her like, what? What are you doing? Right? She came back with so much joy and excitement. She's like, I was giving Jesus away all week. I was praying for people. I have such joy. I saw the joy, the, the light coming from her eyes. It's, it's, that's the excitement of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Because when you step out of faith and give them away, guess what? Jesus will give you more. Jesus will give you more to give away. And I think that was awesome. This is a, a task of reconciliation. And here's the thing. There's a, there's a bumper sticker that uh, bugs me that I see now and then. Um, and it bugs me in this way. It doesn't bug me because I don't agree with it. You know, it's like there's certain bumper stickers like, oh, that's not true. That's so dumb, right? You know what bugs me? It bugs me because it is true. Because at moments, it is true. And it's this bumper sticker that says this, God save me from your followers. Anybody see that one? God save me from your followers. And what it's saying is when I see that, I don't go, I don't get mad at the guy. Ooh, I'm going to get that guy. My God, right? Because it's true, right? There's some Christians out there that, that, that portray God as this condemning God, as this, this, this mean God that's going to get at you. Or just Christians have, have just kind of like always just, just shun people or like, you're not holy enough, you're not sinful. That's not the Jesus that I read about in the gospel. Jesus was a friend of sinners. He was a friend of sinners. Did he hold on to the truth? Absolutely. But did he have grace? Absolutely. He had full measure of both, grace and truth. And that's what we got to have. And when I, when I read that, you know what I want? I'm like, dude, I want to meet that guy. I want to meet that guy who put that bumper sticker on his thing. Because if I run into him, I want to change his mind. How I'm going to change his mind? I'm going to give Jesus away. I'm going to give him the real Jesus, the one that loves him, the one that forgives him, the one that's going to heal him and restore him, the one that has a future for him. Are you hearing me? I want to change people's mind about that. And I'm, I'm really, when I'm encouraging you guys, let's do it all together. Let's change people's mind. Let's give life away, however that looks like. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much um, that we have a task of reconciliation. That uh, it, it, To me, it's so fun. I just wanted to say that. It's so fun. It's so fun to, to give Jesus away and see people light up and go, wow, why are you like this? Why are you so generous? Or why are you so, man, why are you so encouraging? Why do you do this? And, and I'm going, Jesus, I just, yeah, come, come check it out, man. Come check how good our, our God is. And we see, I see God just moving in. I see you moving their lives. And it's just, that's so fun. It's so great to see people come alive because of your spirit inside of them and lives are changed, Lord. So for, for us, I just pray, Father God, that we be not complainers or grumpy or stingy or, or irritated, Lord, that we get rid of our hatred and anger. If anyone even dealing with anyone any of that right now, I pray that they would deal with it, that they would go before you and go, God, what do I need to do? 
Lord, I, I, it's hard for me to forgive that, but I'm going to try. I know that I, in this room this big, there's, there's people with problems and, and issues and feelings and feelings are hurt and we've been burned by people. But ultimately we have you, Jesus Christ, the incredible forgiver and giver of grace and peace. pray that we would learn how to let those things go just how you let go of our sin because we don't deserve it but you gave it anyway thank you for that God